in football, everyone has a contract which ends in three years or two years. (laughs) And you could be one of the best players in the world, but maybe your role in that team has expired. But that doesn't mean your, your role in football has expired. You would really smash it. Welcome to the 225th episode of the Absolutely Right Podcast, India's only graphology-based leadership show. I'm your host, Aditi Sarada. I'm a behavioral analyst, a high-performance coach, and founder of India's only mental gym called APT. The website is aptmentalgym.com. From journalism to ad world to his current profession, Rishabh has consciously and continuously challenged himself to be better, be more equipped, to learn things about himself through the challenges that he created for himself. And that is an endearing quality for any high performer. If you are a professional, a leader, aspiring leader, somebody who would like to create a body of work that you are proud of in your creative or professional field, then today's lesson, today's conversation would come really handy. It is laced with my insights on graphology, which is the study of handwriting analysis. So in case you are curious to know how your personality is built and what exactly do you do, simply pull out a notebook where you have scribbled something. Because as I talk about some behavioral traits in today's conversation about Rishabh, you might find something interesting about yourself. So keep that notepad handy and without further ado, let me get this conversation started. 225 episodes. It has been a long journey and every single week doing these episodes, talking to these high performers, understanding what exactly goes behind their success stories and vulnerably having conversation about their challenges, their struggles, their problems and complications is what this show is all about. I would love to take this journey of decoding the high performance mindset to the next level in coming weeks and today's conversation is one of the reasons why I feel we need to really decode some thinking patterns. Our guest on the show today, Rishabh Sharma, is the head of Twitter Next India. Hi Rishabh, welcome to Absolutely Right. Thank you for having me Aditi, glad to be here. So for our listeners, we asked Rishabh to write a handwriting sample on a blank unruled sheet of paper. He scribbled around 10 to 12 lines along with his signatures. And that's going to be my reference point as we get into this conversation, because as you know, absolutely right is India's only podcast based on leadership and a study of handwriting strokes, which is called graphology. So Rishabh, the first thing that comes to my mind when I look at your handwriting sample is the Y loops that are not completed. So you start your Y loop, they go 50% as a straight line, and they do not form a loop to come back. Now, what does that mean according to graphology? One of the most interesting things that I have found that these people are very comfortable being by themselves. They can uh, resolve their problems on their own. You may come and talk to people, resolve, you know, ask for their opinions or collect data in those conversations, but go back, think about things on your own and assess and process your own information in your own style. If you don't get that freedom, you don't get that space, it becomes extremely difficult for you to work or communicate or just be happy around people. Wow. I wouldn't have guessed, guessed this thing. It is it is so exciting, yet intimidating to, to have your handwriting being analyzed because, and as I wrote in the sample, I think it's been a while that I've written on a piece uh-huh. of paper, right? So, so yeah, I appreciate you making me do it. And yeah, I would say that is that is quite on point. I my My first escape to anything is to find my own space. Uh-huh. I, I tend to collect my own thoughts before I express them. So yeah, I can't debate that. Really, really interesting. <laughs> so on our show, if you find something accurate, you say it's absolutely right because that's the name of the show. Oh, okay. Let me do this again. It is absolutely right. On point, right? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. So another aspect that I find fascinating is the, the, the way a small lowercase letter T is written that Mm -hmm. one letter can reveal a lot of information about us. Now, in your case, it's like a plus sign, but the horizontal line of that letter, which we also call the T bar, flies to the right side. It does not leave the contact with the vertical line, but it is predominantly on the right side. 
Now, all of this together, what it means is you are extremely clear with what you think or what your opinion is. And people are also equally clear about what your opinions are because you say things for what they are. If they don't ask you for your opinions, you do not talk about it. But if they do, you say what you mean, what you believe in. Not everybody is ready to digest that. But if they ask you, that's what they have to be ready for. I am actually finding the tea straight away because <laughs> <laughs> this is something I have to absolutely, I'm glad I have the sample right now and I'm trying to understand, yeah, that does fly here and then stays <laughs> there. Wow, uh, this is this is fascinating. Uh, yeah, I would say like I do, I do express when I have to express and I, I would be very clear and transparent. Uh, I acknowledge that. Uh, call a spade a spade basically. Yeah, I would, I would, I would, yeah, I would do so. <laughs> Having said that, I'm sure like sometimes context always matter, uh, right? I, I'm someone who definitely has has empathy before before your voice, right? Mm-hmm. Before you speak. So, yeah, uh, I'll keep an I'll keep an eye on this one. Uh, now that I have this understanding that I've pretty much never had yeah. uh, about how I deal with my thoughts, how I am comfortable in my space, and then how I'm really comfortable in saying what it is <laughs> so the, the the fact that the t bar the horizontal line moves right. to the right talks about you being futuristic which means okay. every project every idea that you pick up you need to know uh, how fast it can be implemented and what exactly you're going with it you cannot okay. just wait and dwell over the idea if you're like yeah one day it will reach somewhere that doesn't work for you so Please. the position of the t bar the formation of it Overall, you are an end result oriented leader who would, you know, take this big vision, break it into smaller parts and work on that one part at a time. And this is not because you're a leader today. Even as a child, you did the same thing. Even as a teenager, you did the same thing. This is how you process and how you make sense of things and find your own style and rhythm with it. I can always see you smiling there. (laughs) I am. I am like, yeah, this seems like, you know sometimes you speak to a mirror and I'm like just trying to uh instead of acknowledge I I know now being on brand it is absolutely right right that's the way to say it yeah yeah I'm, I'm just sort of reflecting while you while you're speaking about the journey I've had I mean far I mean far before I even started working so yeah um, there's this uh, there's this spice in me right we 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 tend to look forward uh miles ahead there's this future that we imagine before even we go to bed so i perhaps have done that i continue to do that i will continue to do that for years ahead as well so i do that i have become better in breaking the journey in parts to lead towards that vision i wouldn't say that i was so that is where it is almost right but it feels like it feels like now yeah from the from the journey from being almost to absolute I can, I can, I can do that. Uh, and I hope to continue that. I think it's important to, important to have a future that is, that is somewhat, somewhat there that you can imagine, because if it's really vague, it's very abstract, you wouldn't really know which path to take. So I think I do have that insight and clarity, but, but, but yeah, I'm still trying to put the pieces together. And, and like I said, I, I find my way, I find my way in the uncertainty of, of the life, right? So Rishabh, I wouldn't know, like, you know, yesterday that we were speaking for, yeah. while preparing for this conversation, you said you consciously chose to culturally shock yourself. Yeah. And I found that interesting. And, you know, that thought stayed with me. I'm like, why would somebody consciously break away from their comfort zone? Having said that, most high performers that I speak with, they do that constantly proactively without anybody nudging them that like okay my learning curve is getting over I might as well create something that is uncomfortable something that I have never done before I do not have any precursor or anybody guiding me through the path but I need to do it so that I become the person I wish to now I really want want you to tell us uh, about more about that journey because I think this is where those small everyday choices really create the future leaders yeah yeah they do and and thank you for articulating it that way uh i wouldn't have broken it down like that so <laughs> i i would say like there is this um, you know there's this tendency in me where i i always avoid comfort right and it sounds makes me sound like a sufferer 
<laughs> but they say i mean creativity is is one form of suffering right you 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 need to sort of let yourself go uh, yeah. if you really want to be on that path and a lot of that for me starts from people uh, mm-hmm. and this is in related to the jobs we do uh, the the okrs we hit it's just about like who we are as individuals and and to my mind uh as much as as much as i've had like a brilliant childhood and you know it starts from education um uh, you know with 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 an emotion of making your parents proud and then you move into this parallel world where all you got to do is play sports uh and i was like who really wants to work when you have football in life right uh, <laughs> that's all i would do and hopefully i thought i would make a profession out of it that didn't happen wow. as 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 you can imagine and as you can see <laughs> uh but you know just this the idea to be in the real world uh makes me feel like the moment that world feels smaller mm-hmm. and it feels like you are within the walls that is defined by your family and your friends i just tend to sort of break that vacuum and the reason mm-hmm. i do that is i just feel like uh i just feel there's there is this clock uh and i'm not really doing a countdown on that clock but i feel like every year that goes by uh, there is so much to know about the world the people mm-hmm. that 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 they live in that that will make you really understand what is your place in the universe uh, as abstract as may sound as as philosophical as it may sound i really mean it uh, it's just like you know the the food you eat the places you travel uh, all those memories that we take back and we and we discuss over a cup of coffee or whatever our favorite juice is but i just feel it's far more special when you can do that as being a part of that cultural fabric for for as long as you can afford to be so that's what i would do sometimes a job takes you there sometimes mm-hmm. a sabbatical takes you there uh sometimes your family takes you there so uh that's what i would say yeah maybe i term it cultural shock but i feel like to progress yourself to challenge yourself is i think it's just the reason why we all are here you know i have this simple thing if my team or people around me don't disagree with me for more than a month and it's a very weird you know tracker i have in my head i'm like oh probably i'm not doing something new and i'm like you know probably right. setting into like that that dangerous comfort zone and i come up with like newer ideas but i yeah. do have that and i caught myself i'm like why would i make things uncomfortable for myself and for my team and for people around me yeah. but i think what you said it's it is a dangerous zone to stay where you're at if you're not yeah. and growing and it's it's a way tempting zone you could be in that <laughs> yes. zone right oh my it god is, yeah it is a really tempting zone i mean who doesn't love certainty right at the so, end like we've all been coached to find your safe zone to mm-hmm. find your foundation and be stable in life right mm-hmm. uh, we all remember these headlines uh, but yeah uh, you know uh, it's it's funny like some of those books that we read and the titles that stay with you uh, and and perhaps right? like one of one of the, yeah i'm just i'm just imagining and perhaps it was one of the one of the takeaways i, I would have definitely shared like you know they say like maybe i speak about creativity so much because i'm in that profession of course mm-hmm. so i have a bias towards that but even if i wasn't i just feel like that skill is almost the courage that you need to avoid certainty right because it, you need that courage uh and the maybe the courage to avoid certainty yeah. i think that's like the brilliant line i'm going to definitely <laughs> write and think about it because it does it is like yeah. it's a small thing but it defines everything in your life and it does every, it does yeah, yeah. yeah. and we we we're just finding that courage every day every moment so hopefully So you spoke about how you were in a very stable media yeah. giant kind of a job which was which was your dream job and then over one linkedin message you decided to drop what you're doing and take up a job in a country in a culture in a space that you had no clue about yeah why did you do that and how did you manage to know that this is what you want to do yeah Let me start by saying I definitely did not know that okay. I want to do that. It was an it was an unknown. So I would be lying if I said that that is it. This is the message I was waiting for, and that's the country I wanted. I wanted to really sort of travel and probably establish myself. So yeah, I mean the choice to, I mean you've spent decade and you know large part of your life in India, and then you suddenly sort of decide to go to Middle East. That could be daunting, right? It's it's not a culture that. 
that comes to us naturally. It's not a place that that we have known, or at least I have known, mm-hmm. right? So the whys and why I would want to do that, and when I why I felt it, it just felt like, and that was a professional professional emotion, like you know, uh, someone someone being in the media, uh, being in marketing as a function. You've been sort of imagining how people do certain things you've been trying to research how they make choices and you've been thinking yourself that you make <laughs> you make brilliant ad you make you make brilliant ads and and yeah. and uh, and you will be a fascinating marketing professional now it's like i i really doubt that sometimes marketing could be such a vacuum that you feel you're doing brilliant work and you feel like there are these hundred people that have complimented about your work and you won awards and yep. that is why you're a great marketer it could be that that is <laughs> but 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 there are millions out there who probably still laugh on some of that work, right? So I was like, yeah, it's really important to probably really sort of leave everything that you know, right? It's almost sort of, it's almost like sort of shedding the baggage yep. of what you've learned through education, through homes, through through your life and, and see where it takes you. So that is the only reason uh, I did that. Uh, mm-hmm. And I say more than a job switch, it was a life switch. It wasn't a job switch because it's not like I found a dream job and I was like, okay, I'm going to go and catch it. I just thought I found a good break and and that would have brought me closer to who I am as a person, uh, probably would have exposed deficiencies in me as a person and probably would have just made me feel slightly more confident about my own identity. So, and I wasn't wrong. If I, if I look back, uh, there's been, why do you say that? What, what was it that you did in that experience or that experiment that was an eye-opening experience for you? Yeah, I think, yeah, there's a lot there to unpack. I mean, (laughs) there's, there's a whole conversation for another day, but I'll try and be succinct about it. Uh, One, it's to start from being, vulnerable you know i i knew things would not be easy mm-hmm. and uh and i knew like it would take a while to understand like this is how it needs to be done here right so you just need to embrace uh, really embrace that right because well it, it takes only one three and a half hours flight for you to come back home right it was that easy <laughs> yeah <I laughs> uh, not that far so yeah. um i think just being vulnerable and being okay uh to not be okay was something that was that was an acquired skill which I did. You know, you yesterday know, you were talking about how uh, yeah. the routine was different, like more practical yeah. way of like so that people can imagine this would be like so nice because what you right. said yesterday just created vivid imagery yeah. in my mind. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think it just like I said, it just started from how you how you start your day one in the country, right? Uh, versus the job, so. I mean, the idea of like, okay, where do you live? Uh, and where do you want to live, right? Do you want to be on your own? Do you, do you really want to take a plunge and find people from diverse backgrounds and start imagining your, your breakfast, you know, dinner with them? Mm-hmm. And I was like, it has to be the latter. If, you, if, you're, if you're going... <laughs> Uncomfortable. If you're, yeah, if you're going in, you might as well be all in, right? Otherwise, who would know that yeah. did I fail or did I succeed? So, yeah, I, I, I still remember, right, the the first week where I was sort of hunting houses and, and then, and, and then I landed up uh, inside this one giant building. Uh, and, and the first person I made someone from Egypt, right. Who will happen to be my first roommate there. Okay. Uh, and, and I was like, yeah, I think this should be, this should be fun. <laughs> right. You, you, you're living in this, what do you call not that massive space, which means like you got to make space for each other and you have to adjust to everyone's routine. And, and that's where the learning starts, right? Uh, someone preferences, uh, how they're sharing about their life, how you're sort of discussing things, because that is where all differences come in, right? Because oh. it is vastly different than what we were doing here, right? Every <laughs> uh, single thing, pretty much, I believe. Every every yeah. single day. So 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 that was it. I think to me, just the just the idea to sort of live as a resident, uh, be amongst people that actually call that country home. And then make space to embrace the unknown was was special. Like you know, the festivals you celebrate, the food you eat, oh, the places you go, uh, it's just been so drastic. So uh, I think that was that was just fascinating, and it does sort of make you make you come closer to who you are.
when I analyze people, talk about their behaviors, the deepest, you know, sometimes darkest parts of their personality, they pause and they wonder, how does she know what exactly is going on? Is it magic? No, it's not. In today's segment, Stroke of Graphology, I would like to talk about how this whole thing is not magical, but rather mathematical. You heard me right. Behaviors are mathematical because like numbers which have value, our emotions have certain value. Imagine one day you wake up early in the morning and the first thing that you see is the bird outside your window that is chirping. The very moment you observe his movement, the excitement, you feel happy. It adds, for example, one kg of happiness in your day. When you get into your bathroom and you realize the toothpaste is over and you had reminded your spouse about it and you said it three times that they should refill it and they said that they would and here you are. First thing in the morning, you add three kgs of irritation in your day. And then you come out, you go for your workout or get on your yoga mat. And that whole session makes you feel so pumped up, so fresh, so relaxed at the same time that you add 10 kgs of happiness in your day. You come home, the breakfast is really great. You add 15 more kgs of happiness. Then you leave for work and you get stuck in the traffic. You have to reach your office. Everybody's waiting for you. The traffic is not opening up. You are getting angrier and angrier. But by the time you reach your office, you have exhausted 35, 40 kgs of the happiness. Now, if this goes on, the moods are not only about your emotions, but if it keeps repeating itself every single day, then all of us settle down to an average emotional range. A range where we keep moving up and down throughout our everyday activities. Most people don't go beyond that range and that's why behaviors are so predictable. I have spoken about temper as an issue so many times. If I have to look at that behavior that somebody has settled into in a graphology form, then it is seen in the lowercase letter t where the horizontal line moves on the right side. It is either completely flying off in the air or it is barely touching the vertical line. Which means the temper lid for this person has flown off. The person has no clue how to control that momentary anger. If the same T-bar horizontal line is placed on the left side, then it shows procrastination. Which means the person is so unwilling to take action that he or she does not want to even think about it. If the same T-bar is flying in the air somewhere, not touching the vertical line, but you know, on top of it, like in some cloud, then that means that the person that you're talking to has their head in the cloud. They are not practical. They do not stick to what they believe in. They absolutely fantasize every idea and most of their dreams are impractical or they do not do anything to work towards them. If the same T-bar goes all the way to the bottom of that vertical line, then that means the person does not believe in himself whatsoever. Lower the placement, lower the self-esteem that the person carries. Now, this one T-bar moving in all four directions gave you an overview of how the person thinks. If you have a combination, if you have any one of them, if you have one for one phase and then it changes to the other, you can get the trajectory of where the mathematical pattern of your behavior is going. I hope this helps. Let's get back to our conversation with Risha. So on that note, I would like to turn the table and Risha, over to you. What questions do you have for me? Yeah, I have tons of them, but... <laughs> Bring it on. Uh, All set. Are I... you ready? I would actually start by, yeah, I would start by something actually, you know, related to, to leadership and, and this, and this whole, whole profession that we've been discussing, right? Like what informs our style, what informs our approach, really curious to understand how does one really discover an approach to leadership? Is this mm -hmm. something that you acquire and you start really understanding about yourself? Or do you feel like people have a set pattern uh, and that is what really makes them the leader they could be, perhaps? So that is a two-pronged question I have. Uh, and yeah, we'll take it from there. I have a few more. So that's a brilliant one to begin with. Now, most of the time when I have seen people look at their 
their leadership styles what they have done very interestingly is they followed a framework they didn't know they were following a framework but they learned it from their bosses or their parents or someone they thought were great leaders yeah. they took the framework and then they imbibed it in their own personal style they saw whether it's working it's not working and great leaders have always made those changes required to take that learning that lesson and make it their own and those who couldn't they either became like the the aggressive assertive people who kept talking about like the rules that people had to follow or they stayed confused between whether i'm being a leader or being myself whether i'm being a leader or being myself so right. i believe like any other life lesson there you are know, any routine that you follow you got to understand why you're doing whatever you're doing but most importantly that has to be yours it has to be implemented and molded in your personal style and yeah. you, you use the word empathy like i believe we will look at empathy from only the kindness and vulnerability but i feel great leaders also have the empathy to hold the mirror and be as firm as needed right make people as uncomfortable as needed because that is required for the overall growth so right. if as a leader as a person you are somebody who do not conform to the idea of consistency and and no i mean like, like you know consistency in terms of non changing and yeah. sticking on to your comfort zone if that's what you believe in that will that you will bring to your leadership style and as a leader if you get to do that which you're natural at in a way that people can also jump in with you and challenge themselves and and take their journey to the next level you would thoroughly enjoy that role yeah but as a leader if you're not allowed to or if you don't have space to do what you truly believe in then you will have the conflict of am i being a leader or am i being myself am i am i supposed to do this am i supposed to like you know just think from my perspective so that imbibing process is important yeah yeah that is yeah that is that is core i i really caught on to and i think it's 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 the friction between you being yourself or you being a leader and i think there are times when you are so caught up in that friction uh that is just it just becomes tough to understand like okay what is what is the real identity that you really do want to express so yeah i'm I, just going to borrow i'm just yeah. going to borrow from your love for football though i don't understand sports but i'm just saying uh when you look at any player you know sometimes you might have a personal preference to play in a certain way but when you look at the point in the game that you are at you require to do certain things that you otherwise won't do you don't like to but yeah. that is the need of the game that you're playing if you don't do it for your team or for the game then as a team you won't be able to achieve what you are at or what you would like to i think the same thing is applicable to any leadership yeah, yeah. there you go i would never debate a football analogy uh, <laughs> and just validated why it it means so much to me and you know i just to pick up on that and and i i do have a second question uh but just to just to close on this one the the intersection between football and leadership uh is is so amazing because i've i've often walked back to the sport to just understand or just motivate or to sort of just cross question what's really happening and and i have learned a lot because uh, there are things that i was doing at the professional front which just felt like no i think there's a lot to learn from the from the sport you're watching and for example we're speaking about leadership right the, the leaders the leaders in football are the managers the coaches right mm-hmm. they they never step on the playing field yep. they don't play uh they are there on the sidelines <laughs> they they are there supporting yep. yeah they always there on the sidelines they've got your back they've got you covered but they're making sure you play how you're supposed to play to the best of your abilities and they're making sure like this whole this whole idea of sort of taking taking football from one zone to another right is is such an art where you you literally pass through things and you maneuver right so i i just that is the reason i say that is because there's often times where you tend to be a rescuer mm-hmm. uh and i've been guilty of that a lot you know sometimes when 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 you're managing a diverse team you would want to just sort of keep an eye on everyone and jump and try and support them and try and sort of just take the lead and saying like okay we've got you covered but i think it's far more far more incredible to sort of as much as you should empower them but to just take a back seat and let them swim you know f- find their swim in a way so i just i just really relate to that and 
since you mentioned football, I had to go on. Right? It's, it's <laughs> but, but what you sexist. said, what you said, also makes sense in a way that you know, as a coach, I have I've been with people when they were dealing with the toughest legal battles and like a huge legal battle. Then they went on for like two years, or people who are going through most complicated transitions. Right. And as a coach, you're there. You're making sure that you're pushing the person you're coaching. You're also like on the periphery, making sure that you are the cheerleader when required and like the strict. Uh, teacher when required but that's true you're not playing the game you're completely involved completely yeah. engaged but that passive and yet active involvement is the tough part and that's probably the part of the leader I never looked at that angle of leadership but that's yeah, so true. Yeah. and and the only thing I relate to is is like lead by serving you know like one of the football wow. managers say it's called the idea of servant leadership uh and leadership is so incredible because uh it is all about building a team around skills that are that are actually not in you mm-hmm. but could be in your team a lot of time leaders tend to build team that are representative of the skills they have yeah, uh, who they are exactly <laughs> and, and i feel that doesn't really help that yep. just doesn't help so i think i mean i relate to that i'm sure other leaders could relate to something else but server leadership is something that i think really works at least for 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 creative chain of thought i think that's one of the most brilliant styles of leadership because all of you are serving the larger purpose yeah so it's not about you at all it's about having the authority to serve which is such a complicated yeah uh, dichotomy that we are talking about but it is true and if you start applying it it's one of the most amazing things one can experience yeah absolutely and (laughs) uh and this is perfect segue for my next question uh you know, I've been, I've been really, uh, really consuming a thought around, we've spoken about leadership, we've spoken about conflict. And often when we speak about these things together, it's like, how do leaders manage conflict in a team, right? It's, it's like yeah. the, the most general question. Uh, while there are a lot of answers to this one, uh, I would love to understand what have you observed from leaders navigating conflict amongst themselves? Right, because we are in an age of functional leadership. Yep. You no longer one leader be all, right? You you tend to actually have like multiple subject leaders today who are sort of solving for one common purpose, but they are so diverse. Their priorities are so different, and 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 there comes conflict. There comes Absolutely. collaborative conflict. So, uh, I I think there's there's I I need to sort of really probe in that area and. Uh, yeah, I would love to know how you would break that down. So I'm going to answer that question in two parts. One is what probably leaders can do. Yeah, and yeah. I also would like to talk about how do you deal with conflicts when it comes to, you know, things which are very close to you or when you're working. Yeah. So we also bring in like personal angle and we can dive there more. So the first part I always feel when people talk about collaborations, it's almost like people talking about marriages. You know, it's like the only side about marriage, Instagram marriages, where everything is like rosy and beautiful and well-designed. Everything is only that. In most movies still, I think, early 2000s ended where the girl uh, finding the guy. And that's what, you know, that was the end of the movie. I think after much after that, we started talking about what happened when they got married and what conflicts they had and what kind of reality check problems and issues that they went through. Now, when it comes to leadership or any conflict for that matter, I have a rule that I have seen work very well with many leaders and people I have worked with, coached, is renewing the contract. Right. We all have to have the possibility of renewing the contract. Nothing about a collaboration is is final because, as you said, we are functional leaders. We don't know the right answers anymore. We don't have the perfect solution anymore. And we cannot have because there are so many possibilities. Before Google, we looked at one problem and said, there's one solution because my grandfather said that or my father said that. Now we're like, any possibility can be a solution. And people have proven that, you know, they created any angle and they built their careers around it. So in the space like that, all we can do is we ask ourselves this one question, is it really serving the purpose that we are on? Is it really serving the project that we are working on? And if it is not serving, we should have the possibility of renewing the contract. 
Wow, renewing the contract. That and that's is- also applicable to our emotional relationships because when people don't do that, they have to, you know, create these artificial boundaries and then stick by the boundaries. You, I function like that. I function like this. You don't know what fun- what works best in a new relationship in a yeah. new space. So if you walk in with some clarity of what you would like to create here or what kind of space you would like to build. Yeah. And if you keep questioning your own comfort zone is where the growth will happen. So yes. you walk in, you figure out this is probably the space I would like to create. But people you collaborate with, you tell them that we will figure this out together. And as you do that, you say, this is our initial agreement. If it works, great. If it does not, let's renew it in a way it works for you, works for me, doesn't work for you, doesn't work for me. So that you're not necessarily breaking the relationships you're renewing the spaces that you would like to work with. And I'm yeah, borrowing yeah, yeah. this concept from one of the conversations that I heard from Esther Perel, who is a New York-based relationship expert. Mm-hmm. And she says, smart couples who are like married for a very, very long time, they choose to marry one another, not, not practically, physically, yeah. but you know, emotionally, over and over again. Gotcha. They choose each other in newer relationships. Right? Yeah. So if you don't accept that your partner has improved, evolved, changed or deteriorated, become a different person. And if you don't choose to be and build a new relationship with that person, then you would, you would expect them to be the way they were 20 years ago, five years ago yeah. for getting yeah. married. So all of that doesn't exist, right? Like we all change and evolve. So that aspect of being able to create new contract every now and then whenever you think it, you need to. I believe it is our responsibility. We can't put it on other people. Yeah, I have to say, I have, I have found my headline uh, more than <laughs> anything. You know, the the and I have to, I have to build on that. I, I did have one one final question as well, but 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 I want to build on this one. Just the fact renewing your contract, personally, professionally, as transactional as this sounds but it's so meaningful. Like depth of these three words is, is massive. Uh, and thank you for sharing that. And, and you know, I, I, I feel like everything that we discussed right now in the entire <laughs> podcast could just be bucketed under this. Like the idea for me to sort of break the mold and do something else is renewing my contract with my culture yeah. or probably sort of just really understanding what do I need? Where am I in, in, my, in my growth as a person? Uh, yeah. and, uh, and I would definitely mention football one final time again, because <laughs> the moment you said that and this, this intersects with, with teams and yeah. leaders often, and I think it's been really more pronounced here in this part of the world, when you are in a team and in a company and in a role, and when people have sort of started working towards an objective, I feel like while there's feedback and growth, but no one really looks back after a couple of years sits down and says should we renew the contract exactly it's it's, it is it is still not that accepted which means like renewing the contract just doesn't mean that we will renew it could also be what if we've not grown where where we think the team should be uh and the reason i said football in football everyone has a contract exactly that's so true which ends in three years or two years (laughs) and you could be one of the one of the best players in the world but maybe your role in that team has expired but that doesn't mean your your role in football has expired you would really smash it right in a team that really needs you at that stage so i just wish and uh, yeah as as you can <laughs> see like i just wish that part of football which is that is what you mean by high performance culture that is yeah. what you mean by yes you should create psychological safety but it shouldn't come at the cost of making people feel like this is the job you can have for a decade you should have it if you can wake up for it every single day and challenge what you did yesterday but if you can't build for tomorrow you should question leaders should question and i think it should be appreciated uh and and even if it is not appreciated i feel it's okay for a leader to be the one who is not that popular or who is the one who holds uh, the mirror and shows the ugly side of the face. And I I have seen that, you know, as a coach, in the moment people have felt this is uncomfortable when I held that mirror for them. But over a period of time, they came back and they said, you know, thank you for doing it because no one else had the courage to show 
what was actually going on. So I feel people, if it is done in a kind and firm manner, then people understand that it is happening for their their benefit. But if it is done in a harsh and always, so I I always feel like this, as a a leader, as a person, if you're triggered, if you are not in control of your own emotions because of the the conflict that is happening in front of you, then we have a challenge. Because then you're not thinking straight. Then you're like only making emotional decisions. But if you take a step back, as you were talking about it, and really look at things for what they are, and then, take the same call, talk about the same thing and the whole game is completely different. Yeah, there you go. And, you know, as, as, as Steve Harvey in, in some of his famous videos, he said, right, don't get in a, don't get in a habit of collecting red flags. And uh, we do that often. We do that in, in, in the personal sphere of life. We do that in the professional side of life. And I think you need to understand when to drop the ball. Yeah. There are so many times I feel red flags are not the reasons for you to walk away from the situation. I feel red flags tell you yeah. what are we walking into because all of us have red and green flags and that's how, how it's going to be. Yeah. It's not about not having a red flag. I think that's what is becoming a new idea of a relationship or a perfect employee that you go to hire. Yeah. They shouldn't have red flag or as minimum as possible. Yeah. More people study, I think it's absolutely impossible for us to have people who are... Yeah only perfect because that, that that means a flawed human being to begin with yeah 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 now, exactly. i'm going to answer the second part of the question that i said you know how do you deal with conflict and mm-hmm. what is your style here now as i spoke about you why loops are you know like a straight line they're incomplete but that's not applicable to your g loops they are complete they are you know quite imaginative what i mean by that is if the loop is wider in its width we speak about imagination that person brings in now every time you get into a conflict or walk into a conflict your mind starts becoming imaginative in a way that you want to come up with multiple solution and people might insist that why can't you come up with one you know, like, mm-hmm. let's think about this one solution. You're like, but what if we haven't thought about this? And what if that something else is available that someone else might have an answer? So you're always looking for a solution that might optimize the future or right. might optimize the future solution that you might get. So, and people don't get it most of the time. They're like, well, why can't we fix it right now and just move on? You're like, why not to use this as an opportunity to figure out what we want to do? And that yeah. could be a space where people misunderstand you in a moment or in that, you know, in the middle of a situation. Yeah, yeah. It's something I would I would want to reflect, uh, you know, because I think a few things require you to pause, reflect, and then understand. Yep. And and the fact that you say that, uh, yeah, I mean, imagination is something I, I spoke about, right? I, I think I'm like, I don't know whether that's fortunate or unfortunate. I'm just always blessed <laughs> with this series of thoughts that just that just keep flowing. Uh, and yeah, they can flow flow during conflicts. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I I relate to I relate to people seeking clarity, especially in conflict. Right? You you want to you want to be very clear. So uh, it's something to really reflect upon. And I think uh, that is that is perhaps the the beauty of the journey where. If you if you really had it all, if I had it all right now, I mean, I wouldn't be a leader. Also, now I think I would just just, yeah. just go and <laughs> be in 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 peace. Uh, but yeah, uh, it is it is something to sort of absorb and break it down. Yeah, you know, we we run India's only mental gym for high performance. And nobody knows what mental gym is and nobody knows how to run it. Like we have no clue about it. And today morning I woke up and I was just like looking at a launch that we just did last one month. We worked very hard from making films for the first time to, you know, like there's so many things as a business you constantly evolve and do that you haven't done before. And I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I am so happy and I feel so privileged that you got to do this something yeah. that otherwise without the business or the opportunity you wouldn't have got a chance to do and I yeah. feel what you're saying is a privilege of solving problems dealing with conflicts walking into things that otherwise you wouldn't do yeah and that exactly. I feel is the best part of the story <laughs> exactly and and the fact that it's also the ability to see a problem yes yeah. so often people just don't see that right because yeah. the the clarity and just the clear vision 
which is where you headed just really stops you from seeing the variables Absolutely. so if you don't sort of really expose yourself to diverse problems you wouldn't have the solutions and i think the example that you shared about like like the initiative and and the and the purpose behind the initiative that you've created is just it just is testament to to that right to making those choices uh, so yeah props okay. on that one <laughs> over to the last question that you have yeah uh, I, i and i felt like your your one answer just covered <laughs> a plethora of questions <laughs> so um and it was it was basically for me it was uh, and i think it's it's a good one to end with um uh, you know just to zoom in into actual role and things that are more closer to me right uh leadership is is very varied it differs industry differs from industries differs from countries from cultures uh and also when when you are part of a creative ecosystem where where the purpose of your leadership is to really empower creativity in individuals right uh is to sort of empower them to make mistakes but not the same mistakes mm-hmm. uh it is to sort of really push them to sort of go in in territories that that even you haven't gone mm-hmm. and just keep continuously challenging and in such an environment right you do create a sense of ownership but create the creative zone is very cerebral right it's mm-hmm. it's they you just tend to imagine a lot so yeah in such an environment i often have this one question that how do you also coach accountability in in a profession that is that is driven by creativity where you where you need to just flow right rather than rather than having like what you call a checkpoint mm-hmm. uh right it's it's just something which is not a question it's an observation but yeah i'm sure you can break that down <laughs> but this is beautiful that you say because when you said you know the creativity coming from the flow i study a lot uh, of this concept of mindset of flow which is mihai csikszentmihalyi's whole idea of optimum psychology have you heard of okay. it no no oh, i'm going to send you his ted talk it is phenomenal there's a book called flow which okay. is where where he studied athletes and performers and dancers and leaders and he said why these people just forget right. about food and and you know uh, the everyday things and they're just so absorbed in what they do how do they manage to constantly create newer ideas and they perform at their the best and how do they manage to everyone year on year not like you know once in a while it's just like there must be a process behind so his team and me i both got into this uh, whole process of research and what they found was fascinating what they realized is your mind has an ability to trigger certain level of high performance okay a space where your skill sets are challenged you are going a little bit beyond what you already know but at the same time the challenge that situation is presenting is also slightly higher than what you can achieve so if you don't have the skill set you'll feel anxious if the challenge is not given good enough you'll feel apathy boredom around it but if it is at that point where the challenge and the skill set are almost at par is where you continue to perform at your best right so we got to identify what is that because accountability is about that external challenge being met or not met Hmm. and the internal flow is about your skill set being at that point or not being at that point so you can't simply say that okay i was being so creative that i forgot about a target because then as business you can't function you can't say that oh i'm exactly. i'm so focused on my number that i don't i didn't think about creating new ideas then again as a creative business you can't function so to be able to find that midpoint of flow state of mind uh one can cultivate it and as as a large part of the work that we do like we we call the whole coaching space is the if there is one statement that i serve is find your flow because i feel flow is a space where people just come alive and they they do things beyond their own abilities like i started hand, analyzing handwriting when i was 14 before any training could happen nothing nothing was available i'm a dyslexic so probably my brain had the ability to do that and eventually i trained myself and you know this career became like like possible but i don't know any other graphologists who works in a space that i could and that's creative and that challenging but every person i met 
thankfully because i started working with leaders very early it's a challenge right it is not a formula that you know they throw you in spaces that you don't know how to swim back from and yes. this is where every day the flow is created but yeah. you do not do that and what and that's why i love when you said you know being uncomfortable is something that you choose every now and then is where the flow is created so i'm sure you have flow moments that you do not define like that but mm. having a framework to look at things from this perspective would allow you to now maximize it trigger yourself into it you can observe exactly what you do that that brings in the flow very naturally and many athletes have a routine right before their game yeah because over the years after practicing multiple things they know what can they do in their routine should they should they take hot shower cold shower you know like keep their whatever you know there also becomes like a ritual that they follow but they just do things that can put their minds and bodies at the best possible level in yeah. short in a state of flow wow i need to catch up on this reading this is this is the best pitch for flow uh, uh <laughs> and there's a lot there to unpack uh i w- i would definitely definitely probably reference this uh with things uh and rituals uh rituals flow um and i relate to what you said sometimes it's about matching the talent with the challenge uh perhaps brings accountability or perhaps brings deficiency uh and it's important to acknowledge both um uh, and yeah for equal measures uh sports professionals have rituals like you said i mean and they could be like really weird i mean if you're nadal then you'll understand where to keep the water bottle every time <laughs> yeah. there's a break yes. uh, and i'm so glad for equal major i spoke about tennis for once so uh, there's another sport i know uh, it's just not about football for me so <laughs> those those were my questions but but really grateful thank you for sharing your perspective In today's coach the coach because Rishabh spoke about it I want to talk about embracing discomfort or rather inviting discomfort if you are coaching somebody as a leader or dealing with your kids in a more effective manner then today's segment of coach the coach will actually help you deal with all these situations let's look at it okay how do we grow every growth when you learn to cycle when you learn to drive when you learn to speak when you learn to do anything for that matter there was this one area where you did not know how to look at that problem you had no clue how things could be or what you need to add or what you need to change but you stayed there you marinated in that discomfort and then at one point when you continued to stay in that space something magical happened you realize you have this new ability new skill set new way of looking at that problem and that changed the way you solve the problem so if you're still thinking wondering whether it works it doesn't work what should i do what i shouldn't do just pause and embrace the discomfort because discomfort the grind is where the growth is and if you haven't given enough thought to it then think about two things that make you uncomfortable pick one of them and add a bit more discomfort there to change and challenge yourself so i remember i think this line is by elan de botton where he says Uh, if you're not embarrassed of who you were last year then you're not growing fast enough he didn't speak about your education or accolades or families and you need to be the judge of where you're going or where you're not and that is the most important aspect so if you are there wondering whether you are growing or not ask yourself are you making yourself uncomfortable enough or not now before we go to a podcast conversation as a coach it's your responsibility to gradually slowly steadily make the people in your surrounding in your team slightly uncomfortable so that they learn they grow that edge of your skill set is where the growth begins where the magic happens let's get back to our conversation with risha okay over to you now we want to know what are the three things that only you can teach us i wouldn't go that far <laughs> saying that only i can teach uh, the way very very competent audience that is listening to us but what i would say is i can reinforce certain things because i needed that reinforcement mm-hmm. uh i didn't believe in these things from the day i started knowing about these things uh believe is something you just you just acquire and uh, and I, the first one would be actually we have spoken about that a lot through through our conversation it has to be you 
you would be in a good position if you choose creativity over certainty mm. because it's something that is ingrained in us the idea of being certain with your jobs being certain with your careers being certain with your relationships is something matters to us so much matter to me but i've i've always seen like if you if you have the ability to sort of look at things from a different lens if you have the ability to sort of rewrite things and if i could borrow renew things mm-hmm. uh you would be in a place that would be far more beautiful and mm-hmm. you will feel that you're not static you will feel it isn't only the clock and the body clock that is moving your your memories are also sort of really graduating to things wow. that can manifest ahead right so i i believe in that uh it's really it's something that i've i've always sort of sown by through through my through my careers and i i would continue to do so and second one is something i said the moment i started the chat which is uh, being not who you are which which i know is something we we keep saying uh, i would just say that that goes without saying is just being vulnerable which means like you you could be you could be very different to who you are in some days you could be just you don't even recognize you in certain days that could this be you under pressure could this be under conflict it's fine it is absolutely fine and i just feel like and i'm and i'm really encouraged by where where the conversation is going uh where 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 the culture is is sort of really shaping where these things aren't really attributed to certain high performing individuals now right it isn't something that you only hear people with what you would call a certain influence speak about that hey i can be one rebel because you will always doubt credibility you'll be like yeah you can be one rebel because you are so successful <laughs> uh, what about me when i'm even still finding my feet so i think it's 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 a skill that everyone should have it's a choice everyone should have and if you are i feel you make the most honest relationships and that goes mm-hmm. that holds true for even in that fancy conference room that that you would sit in you you find your tribe that is what i would say and and lastly it's always has to be three things right uh is is music in all in all in all this really in depth conversation about leadership creativity choices and and conflicts i if i were to pause and think when do i really feel uh at my maximum is when music is on uh i know this is something which is <laughs> cuts across everyone uh, what am i even saying but i would still say that you know music is your refuge and it isn't just a playlist that you play because you're enjoying but it can take you to places and it can bring you out of places uh like nothing can and uh it is it is something that that keeps me going uh i start my day with music i end my day with music wow. uh and i think a lot a, a lot of us do that and uh, and yeah wouldn't mention my favorite apps in here but uh <laughs> why not <laughs> uh i'm sure we have we have the favorite songs so uh so those would be the three things uh, for what, what it's worth how oh, amazing this is really really interesting and and you said memories graduate that's such a powerful and poetic line there Did yeah right rishab no but Uh, if I if I if I look at my handwriting, I mean I feel <laughs> very embarrassed to write. <laughs> no, I don't mean handwriting, but I think today while while articulating certain things, it was so poetic. I think if you haven't given it a thought, you know, writing yeah. generally is like what people understand is completely poetic, like yeah. that. But I don't mean like professional writing. I'm more right. like I'm saying, you know, yeah. soulful writing. Well, I will just take it coming from you. I would just say is the microphone in front of me that just bring out this this <laughs> <laughs> this skill. Uh, so yeah. Keep the microphone in front of you and write that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take your advice. Let me let me uh, let me take a swing at it. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. It was a lovely, lovely conversation with so many takeaways, and I'm going to you know you almost validated my idea of embracing discomfort. Now yeah, I just. Yeah. going to make it really uncomfortable for people around me because i'm just going to increase it by by a few notches so all the best <laughs> to them <laughs> well i would i would send my wishes to all those people and i hope they 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 do still sort of listen to this <laughs> and have good things to say about it but no jokes aside thank you so much aditi been a pleasure been so exciting been so revealing uh love the initiative uh is is the first time that i have probably had an understanding of 
of the idea of handwriting and, and assessing and handwriting and connecting the dots yeah. and being in a gym that is inside my mind. So thank you for the workout. Thank uh, you. Thank and, you so much. Uh, and yeah, and more conversations to come. Uh, it's always, Looking always forward. Yes. pleasure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for all your feedback, all your love, all along. I don't think I could have been a podcaster without this meaningful, satisfying and also nurturing journey that I have had with our guests and most importantly with our listeners. So if you have something to share with me, a moment where absolutely right inside actually created a shift, then do write to me. My email ID is right, W-R-I-T at aditisurana.com. If you want to tell me what we can change about the show, because we are going through a huge makeover on the show so let me know what's your feedback or what are those things that you would like to improve or you would like me to teach you can also write to me on my instagram account my handle is aditi a-d-i-t-i surana s-u-r-a-n-a i'll see you next week with one more fascinating episode of the absolutely right podcast till then happy writing